0: Welcome to our worship today from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. Today is the Feast of Pentecost, but it's also, of course, the Platinum Jubilee of Her Majesty the Queen, and both themes will be reflected in our worship. Our hymn at the end of the service will be sung, as usual, by the choir of St Martin in the Fields. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God, who as at this time taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending to them the light of your Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort through the merits of Christ Jesus our Saviour, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. Our reading today is from Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in their own native language. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them Men of Judea, and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this was what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the Feast of Pentecost, Whitson one of the three major feasts of the Church's year. The others are Christmas and Easter, of course. But today we remember the Holy Spirit sweeping down on the disciples, propelling them out on their journey into the world to spread the good news of God's love. But let's be honest, that's not the celebration that's at the forefront of most people's minds today. That's not why the bunting's out. That's not why I'm going to be spending the afternoon sticking things to other things in a craft tent on the wreck. It's Her Majesty the Queen's record-breaking 70 years on the throne that's the reason for all that. But I don't think these two celebrations are as far apart as we might suppose, and I'm sure the Queen would be the first to recognise the connection. She's made it well known throughout her 70-year reign that she looks to God for the strength and inspiration she's needed to sustain this marathon act of service to her nation. In fact, there could be no more appropriate day than Pentecost for us to celebrate her jubilee, because Pentecost is all about calling and service and what we need to do it. The disciples who gathered in the upper room on the day of Pentecost had a job to do. Go out into all the world and make disciples, Jesus had said to them, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go into all the world. There were perhaps a couple of dozen men and women following Jesus at this point. Fishermen, former tax collectors, ordinary people, no one with any great rank or wealth, no one with any influence, They had a budget of approximately zero, no base to work from apart from their own homes and, more importantly, not the slightest idea how to begin. They could have thrown up their hands in despair, given up before they started. Or they could have frantically tried to do something of their own devising, form a committee, come up with a logo and a marketing slogan and a glossy brochure, do anything rather than nothing even if it was the wrong thing. But they didn't do any of that. They did what Jesus had told them to do before he ascended into heaven. They waited for power from on high because they knew perfectly well that they didn't have any power from anywhere else. They waited, they prayed, they came together, sharing their helplessness and their bafflement with one another and with God. That last bit is important, whether we're able to gather physically with others or need to do it online or on the phone instead, we need each other. There's a wonderful prayer written by Thomas Merton, a Trappist monk who died in 1968, which has sustained many people, including me, when the road ahead hasn't seemed clear. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself, and the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you, and I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. I think those first disciples of Christ would have said Amen to that, as they waited on God. His answer, when it came to them, was dramatic. Something happened that they had no explanation for. They couldn't really even describe. They heard a sound like a rushing wind, but there was no wind. They saw flames of fire, but no one got burned. And people from all over the known world heard them speaking in their own native languages even though the disciples almost certainly had no knowledge of Parthian, Median or the language of Elam. Whatever was happening, it hadn't come to them by their own efforts. And while the glossy brochures and slogans we think up are often quickly forgotten, this initiative, God's initiative, went viral. According to the Book of Acts, thousands joined them in those first few days – And of course, in time, the message did spread to the whole world, even to our ancestors in this distant corner of it. Although the events of that first Pentecost were dramatic, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives doesn't have to come with rushing wind or flames. The early Christians described all sorts of things as gifts or fruits of the Spirit. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. That's what St. Paul says in one of his letters. All of these, any of these, show us that the Spirit of God is at work. And he described everything from healing and teaching to administration and generosity as callings prompted and empowered by the Spirit. In the Old Testament, The Holy Spirit inspires not only leaders and prophets, but also the craftsmen and women who make the tent in which people come to worship God, the people who work behind the scenes in practical ways. The Bible speaks of anything that makes a difference for the better to other people, as inspired by God. It's no accident that the Hebrew word for spirit is the same as the word for breath, We're all called to live God-breathed lives and to breathe the life he gives us into the world around us too. And that brings me back to the Queen. Seventy years ago, she was called to a particular role. She was anointed with oil of chrism at her coronation. Chrism is a shortened form of the Greek word charism, means gift, and it's especially used of those gifts of the Spirit. It was a sign that she was called to a particular job, but also a reminder that it would only be by the help of the Spirit of God that she could do it. But as those of you who've ever been to a baptism here at Seal will know, oil of chrism isn't just reserved for monarchs. It's used in baptism, in confirmation and in ordination too, as a sign that, just as much as any monarch, we all have a job to do. Oil of chrism is scented with frankincense and balsam. Its scent spreads out, as our good effect on the world should do. Our callings might not involve sitting on thrones or wearing crowns, and they may not mean we're constantly in the public eye, but they're no less important in the eyes of God. Whether we're called to do something that will go down in history, or something that will go unnoticed by all but a few, but will make all the difference in the world to them, everyone is called to serve, and everyone can receive the gifts of God to help them in that service. Today we celebrate the long and faithful service of one woman who found herself 70 years ago thrust into a role she might never have chosen for herself, but who looked to God for the strength to fulfil it. And on this day of Pentecost, we also celebrate the call of God on our own lives and we give thanks for his promise that we'll be given what we need to live it out. Each of us, all of us, are called and gifted, however old or young we are, whatever our abilities and disabilities, whatever our life story and background. So whether it's Pentecost or the Jubilee that's uppermost in our minds today, It's a good day for each of us to ask what God's calling and God's empowering might mean for us. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. As we share the peace, we hold in our minds those from whom we are separated. Members of our congregation, our families, our friends. And we remember that in God's hands we are all held together. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Almighty God, who raised Jesus from the dead, and exalted him to your right hand on high, may we know your resurrection power in our daily lives, and look with hope to that day when we shall see you face to face and share in your glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May Christ, who out of defeat brings new hope and a new future, fill you with his new life and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.